everyone this is anthony with tornado tag podcast here with our interview series um before we get anything started i want to let you guys know check the links below are the links on your podcast viewer um for everything that we're going to talk about so if you want to go and support merch pages or anything like that that will be in the links um going on right now so and i'll and keep in mind as well that wrestling is not happening so helping a guy out and grabbing some t-shirts or merch is always always uh, a good thing to do and then uh, so these guys can when they or guys and girls when they come back to pro wrestling um they get they can uh get back to normal because no one's getting any checks right now when it comes to uh or what do they say what they say in the business no no envelopes right now <laughs> um but on the phone we got mad max morrison um met this guy Probably at like the beginning of our podcast birth here at an outbreak show. Um, very, very, very entertaining. Followed him on social media, and he has a lot going on between wrestling and horror movies. I'm sure we'll get into all of it, but uh, he's on the phone. So, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, my dude? How are you? It's going great. This is one of the first times too where I'm actually. Um, you guys don't see it. One day, if we when we get our better laptop, we'll be able to do what we're doing now. What I see, what you guys see, with the little chat windows. But our laptop just unfortunately can't handle that right now. <laughs> but I'm actually making eye contact in interview, which is which is strange. I, I'm not used to that. <laughs> These are my favorite kind of interviews where I can see who I'm talking to because then you really get the story because I'm very expressionate and yeah. it's just, it adds so much. I think <laughs> expressions are what made me remember you in your wrestling matches because you do, you are very expressive. You, you're not just, you're very, not, not just extremely talented in the ring, but you tell a story while you do it. And I think that was what um, really put me over on your, on your abilities in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the in the ring. I don't know why I'm stuttering right now. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I mean, you're in the midst of a, you know, pseudo celebrity, somebody that's maybe on the, I don't know, I guess the O list. Cause you know, I'm like way past and I'm not exactly like a type A type B, but maybe a type O negative. Yep. Grace, grace band on the face of the earth. I, I smelled that one. Um, coming. <laughs> 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 but I uh, definitely appreciate the compliment, dude. It's, it's fun to be here. It's fun to entertain. It's fun to do all this stuff. And um, I'm glad to be talking to you, dude, because it's been a while because Outbreak hadn't ran in a hot while. And um, even before the COVID thing happened, I um, haven't really been on too many Outbreak shows since. So I haven't really had a chance to really catch up with you in a while. So how's things going? It, it's been good. Yeah, they they took a huge break for a while there. And it was actually almost concerning how long they took a break because i was like are they are they coming back are they done and then they did their comeback show and it was a hit like people loved it the crowd was awesome and then as soon as they got that momentum back they had that big hot show COVID happened <laughs> oh yeah COVID, COVID really screwed a whole lot of people up i had so many bookings on 
I had so many dates on the calendar, but you know what? At the same time, as mad as I am, mad as, let me rephrase that, as upset as I am (laughs) (laughs) about COVID happening, it kind of was a blessing in disguise because it gave, I know, I'm going to speak for myself, but it gave me a break and gave me a chance to really kind of look at what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. take a step back from the grind and kind of kind of rework the business a little bit, rework myself, rework my work rate. And um, it gave me a chance to like kind of see what I was doing and kind of look at it from the inside to the outside, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where, yeah. So I, I was able to like get my body straight. Hell, I spent a whole bunch of money and put a gym in my house when they shut gyms down. It's like, well, I'm not going to go without that. And that really changed the game. And then, uh, I guess just everything else it's adapting, but it's been good. Yeah. I have to say, because I was able to take a step back, watch some old wrestling and it kind of twisted my headspace around that. And I watched a lot of movies and it twisted my headspace around in a good way because now, uh, I think wrestling is going to be a little different when Mad Max steps back in that ring in front of people because, now I've had a time to kind of look at things a little different and do some studying and apply some things. And you guys are going to be, uh, hopefully happy with the results. So, and if you're not you can kiss my ass, I really could give a shit. <laughs> I love it. Um, so what, at what point did you, uh, fall in love with pro wrestling? Um, I was a young kid. I was a young kid when I did, I used to be in the boy scouts Surprise, surprise. And um, my scout leader and their kids actually used to have all the action figures and, like, the TV shows were on when I'd show up for the meetings. And they were like, oh, well, we got to turn this off because we got to do business. Like, no, 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 no. You can keep that on for a little bit. Nobody else is here yet. Teach me about this. Yeah. So I got hooked when I was – I think I got hooked in, like, 94. And then – Probably a few years after that, I really got into it when it was like right in between like the next gen was it the new generation of WWF and the Attitude Era. Yep. So I was I was following WCW. I got into the ECW. The first pay per view my household ever bought was Heatwave '97. We did a whole show on that. We did a whole show on that episode on that on that pay per view. That was such a good show. Yeah. I stand corrected that the first show that my household ever bought on pay-per-view was SummerSlam 96, where it was uh, Shawn Michaels versus Vader. But then the next show we ever bought was ECW 97. And, um, yeah, I just kept going from there. But then luckily for me, when I got into middle school, I met a kid who taught me about independent wrestling. He taught me about uh, wrestling in Japan. So I, like, bought all the FMW tapes. Like, that's when I learned about Hayabusa, Mr. Pogo, you know, Mr. Gonsuke. I learned about like Wayne Kenimura. That's when I got into Cactus Jack. I was like, "Yo, Cactus Jack is my stuff." Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah. I I hit I hit that uh, I hit all that stuff. I'm I'm now just getting into the New Japan scene. I was a uh, I was when I was a kid. I was very brand loyal. Um, you could not get me to watch anything but WWE. I went to a friend's house one time, and he was doing the flip back and forth during commercials. And I said, "I will never watch wrestling here on a Monday night because if I miss anything of Raw, I'm going to be upset." And I felt betrayed when all my guys left and went to another company. So, 
I didn't. I I have a lot of catching up to do when it comes to old WCW because I was such a I was I was very closed minded wrestler, which I think I'm afraid that people are starting to do now, and I'm trying to make them not do that by by advice. <laughs> you know, like don't don't short don't sell short sell yourself because right now wrestling is probably is the best time in the world to be a wrestling fan. There's just so much content out there between TV and independent scenes and it's just so easily accessible with with different platforms, man. It just it's just a great time to be a fan of the of the entertainment. See, growing up, I loved when guys would like hop over cuz I mean, I was probably in my I was probably in middle school when WCW and WWE were going like at at odds and they were doing the Monday Night Wars and mm-hmm battling back and forth so whenever i would see guys from wwf go over and then come over to wcw because my it was kind of weird because in my household i was watching wwf and my dad was watching wcw so i'd go upstairs and he'd be like yo who's on your tv he'd be like these guys and these guys then he'd come downstairs and be like well you know your guys from over here are actually over here i'm like word no shit <laughs> yeah so then then i started watching but then eventually i became more of a wcw guy because i just, i don't know it's like i i'm an entertainment guy like through and through but i really enjoy when it comes out pro wrestling i actually enjoy pro wrestling yeah like the skits and all that stuff it's fun i love characters i'm a character guy like through and through hell my i'm a i'm a character myself and that's not even just wrestling that's just life don't lie you like wcw because they had mummies and wizards and it was it was like horror movie wrestling <laughs> chucky was there one yeah. time <laughs> not, gonna, not gonna lie i was actually kind of i thought chucky was gonna be cool but he upset me because he had like the stitched up face and that's the worst chucky of all because i thought he was a fucking turd so. anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we could totally have that conversation maybe on another day. But yeah, uh, yeah that, yo, but um, later on I learned about RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop uh, was there. Yeah, RoboCop was there, which I was a big RoboCop fan. As I got older, being a horror fan, RoboCop's my man. Ro- <laughs> Those Ro- movies are gnarly. RoboCop was at an <laughs> Outbreak show one time too. Ah, uh, dude, I don't know how in the hell my parents let me watch Robocop when I was a kid, man, because that thing was friggin' disgusting, and I love it. Yeah, when they <laughs> shot him up, man, you, you go back and rewatch that, you're like, oh my god, I watched that when I was what age? <laughs> like, oh, dude, and then the thug was all, like all mutated up, and they got hit by a car and just exploded on everybody. It's like. <laughs> Seriously, has this happened in real life? Yeah, Robocop. I'm like nine years old. I'm I'm like nine years old watching this. I'm like, is that what happens when you get hit by a car? <laughs> Robocop was literally maybe one or two more scenes like that away from being the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> like, oh, what? dude, but Toxic. Yeah, but funny enough, dude, my parents actually were more in support of me watching Toxic Avenger than they were Robocop. Wow. Because I used to have I used to have all the Toxic Crusader figures. I used to follow trauma, but also my first job when I was like 16, I worked at a video store cause I've always been like a film hound. Yeah. That was, that was like kind of where the madness began because I was a comic book kid growing up and then eventually got into movies and then, you know, the madness. Yeah. Cause we're going to talk about that too. Cause the madness grew into what it is now. So when I was working at a Hollywood video, <laughs> if anybody remembers those, I loved Hollywood video. What, what, when what, I was sixteen, where were where were you rate? Like what what area did you grow up? Like like state. I'm I grew up in Virginia Beach. Okay, Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm in Southside Virginia. I'm like 15, 16 years old. I'm 
I'm inlining. I'm aggressive skating up to the video store like every day. And I would go hang out with all the employees and be like, what's new? What's good? What's happening? To the point where they were like, hey, come clean our windows. Get 20 rentals on your account. No problem. I'll clean your windows. And then eventually they're like, let's offer you a job. Sick. What perks? All the movies you want. My man. So I went to the VHS <laughs> section of uh, uh, Hollywood and I went – I actually. I got to a point because I'm so obsessed with movies and I surely was when I was a teenager where I actually took inventory of the entire horror section, the VHS horror section and took inventory of everything and made a list. I made an Excel spreadsheet of the entire inventory and went down and checked. It was like, I have to watch everything that we have. And I did that. Well, I got like 60 to 70 some odd percent through it Mm -hmm. before I quit. (laughs) Yeah, but it was still fun, man. Because the love of horror was always there, man. My favorite always thing about there. Hollywood was when they opened up the game crazes inside. Ah, oh, yes, they were. They were. That was a good video game store. But uh, so you, when you get in, when you got into wrestling, and we'll bounce back and forth. This this is going to be a movie reference here. This is going to be very Tarantino to this interview. I'm sure we're going to jump around a lot. Um, <laughs> but so Matt, so Mad 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 Max is uh, very all over the place. So this will be very mad. This will be a very mad interview. So yeah. just try try to keep up, yeah. please. Yeah, don't don't blink. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, when did uh, who was who were some wrestlers? What they caught your eye on TV and. Uh, uh, really like they they were the ones you followed or you were you were a big fan of so i know for me i because i i guess from the beginning i was a big road warriors guy like they the spikes the haircuts the makeup they looked huge i was like because i was always a comic book kid so i was like dude these guys look like they jumped out the page mm-hmm. i like the road warriors and then i got into sting and then i learned about the undertaker and then I started following guys like Stone Cold, who end up, hey, surprise, surprise, end up growing up to be like him. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I drink my beer. I throw my middle finger up. I defy authority. My my dog. My, like, my wife just bought our dog. Like she, like our dog is like our kid, so she is always buying toys. And she just came home and gave our dog a dog toy, but it's a it's a it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that's incredible. We yeah. just got a. Uh, we got a new chug like about a year ago, and he's incredible. I love this guy. He's like a pug chihuahua mix. Nice. And, and he's uh, black and gray. I named him Brody. I was like, hey, babe, we need this guy. He's Bruiser Brody. Bruiser <laughs> Brody Morrison. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Love me. Love me. Yeah, but that's the funny thing, though, about my influences, because I got into like Road Warrior Sting, Undertaker, and then I became a – I loved Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became a Stone Cold guy, and that and then when Mankind came on the scene, I was like, "Yo, that's my jam." Mm-hmm. And then I learned about, and then I learned about Cactus Jack, and then I started going backwards, and then I started falling in love with guys like Mike Awesome, Chris Candido, uh, New Jack. I know not a lot of people like New Jack, but I love me some New Jack. That's my dude. Yeah, he's not high on my <laughs> list of favorite people. <laughs> I, lo- I love New Jack. Well, it's like even um, – well, because when I fell in love with ECW, I used to watch one of those scrambled channels we used to have back in Virginia when we used to play because it was on the same channels like the uh, original Ultimate Fighting Championship back when it was bare knuckle, no weight limits. Mm-hmm. It was no – it was 
no weight limits, no limits whatsoever. And he had like Hoyt Gracie fighting chemo, and they were like two different fight styles, but two different weight class. It was the same channel as that, and I was that's when I was learning about it. I was learning about ECW because I used to watch that, and then that's why I fell in love with New Jack. I fell in love with Shane Douglas, and Shane Douglas is my dude. Love Shane Douglas to death. Can hey, how much can we curse on the show? You can curse all you want. Yo, I don't care if I catch heat. Fuck Ric Flair. Really? Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is my world champion. Yeah. I, I have a, but, a a very a super fan of the show. He's he's like my best friend, but he's also he loves the show. Um, he'll he'll probably share that sentiment. I mean, he's a huge Ric Flair fan too. But he uh, we always joke. He's like, who's the greatest of all time? And he says, well, if he's if it's not Flair, it's 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 uh, it's Douglas. And he I'm like, well, I like Michaels. He goes, F Shawn Michaels. Shane Douglas is better. <laughs> yeah, Shawn Michaels is hella entertaining. And I have my times where I've jumped in. Shawn Michaels is one of those guys that I've jumped into and jumped out of and jumped back into and out of a few times. Mm-hmm. But Shane Douglas has always been my dude. That time in XPW in the early 2000s, when he went to California, he told Bill, he told WCW just suck it over the phone in front of the fans. I was like, best prompt. Well, next, next to the Dudleys, next to the Dudleys at Heatwave 98, Shane Douglas in California telling WCW suck it I quit was like one of the best promos ever. Well the guy the guy I'm talking the guy who I was just talking about he was there the night where he uh he threw the belt down Douglas. He was he was in the arena that night when it happened. No way. Yep. That's incredible. The the birth of the ECW championship. He said I don't give a damn about any of these champions. Fuck this NWA belt <laughs> and everybody that held it, including Dick Flair. <laughs> I am the Extreme Championship World Champion. Yep. You you tell him, Shane. Did you ever get to you work? Tell him. him. No, but I've been in the locker room with him a couple times, and he's incredible. Yeah. He is super incredible. Love him to death. He was supposed to be at Outbreak twice, and both times he no showed them. I was really disappointed. Yeah, well, he was booked to be at uh, VCW in Norfolk twice, well, VCW in Virginia twice, and uh, he showed up twice. So yeah, I don't know what that, I don't know what that says. Yeah, I was bummed. I was bummed a lot, but that they they surprised us when he didn't show up. They brought they had Sandman come the the second time, which it was cool to see Sandman live. I've got my feelings about Sandman. See, I grew up loving Sandman because I was like, yo, beer swinging, smoking cigarettes. He doesn't drink anymore. On people. How much of that do you believe? We tried. Because no, we, we were like, I want to have a beer with Sandman. He's like, sorry, guys, I don't I don't drink anymore. I don't believe it. I call <laughs> bullshit. I call bullshit. He brought all the beers to nah, the ring, uh, but he wouldn't he wouldn't partake. No, 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 no. I don't I don't believe it. Dude, so Sandman told me to fuck off at WrestleCade in 2017. Oh wow! So I have a problem with Sandman, but at the same time, he bar- he borrowed tape from me at Outbreak that night. Well, actually, at AXW before oh. it became Outbreak. Okay. It was that show where they had the Raven Seminar, and he was like, "Who's got tape?" And I gave him a roll of tape so he could tape up his cane. He goes, "All right, thanks, brother." And they came and did his thing. Yeah, I marked out, and I video recorded his entrance but at the same time i was like fuck you 
prick. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to fuck off when I wanted to be a fan, and you made me feel like a piece of shit. You can yeah. kiss my ass. What happened? Like, what, what was the? I don't want to do a turn to a shoot interview, but like, what, 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 like, what did you say? What was said that transpired where he told you to go fuck yourself? So, it was 2017. It's WrestleCade. It's North Carolina. It's like the big convention i don't mind turning into a shoot because i don't mind talking about stuff it's not like i'm telling him to go fuck himself it's yeah. just a story that happened yeah it was it was one of those because the sandman was always my guy when i saw him originally i was like yo this guy's swinging canes smoking cigarettes and drinking beer this is my dude because i've always been a rock and roller and he's coming out to metallica when mm-hmm. before metallica was you know dumb and I'm like, yo, this is my guy. I, I used to keep, I used to keep a picture from uh, World of Wrestling magazine in my locker. I had a picture of Taz with the FTW and World Championship belts, and I had a picture of Sandman hunched over a rope with spit pouring down his face, covered in blood, and it was incredible. And it used to freak out like everybody in my school. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it was, an, it was, it was, it was me. So. When I finally get to see him at his table, and I goes, he's sitting there signing stuff, and he goes, hey, Sam, man, I'm Max. I'm super excited to meet you. have been a fan for a long time. He goes, who the fuck are you? And I goes, I'm nobody. And then I just took my shit and walked away. I yeah. was like, no way. No, 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 no. The only- but then, I, but oh, then, but then that's, when, that's when I met Shane Douglas, and he was sitting next to uh, – uh, Kevin Sullivan. I met so many people that day too. Johnny Swinger was cool to me. I end up, I end up telling Drew Gallows where to buy fucking rubber bracelets with messages on them. He was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. You got on your wrist. Where do you get those at?" And I was in an elevator in the parking garage. So I was like, "Dude, I can totally tell you where I get these. Just plug this in." Yeah. <laughs> I only... Shane Douglas took. I'm Shane sorry. took the time. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. He, he totally took like. Shane took like twenty, like thirty to forty-five minutes just to BS with me and gave me like all kinds of like awesome advice. Yeah. So for so for that, I'm forever grateful to Shane Douglas. Yeah. The only guy I ever met that I was disappointed with, um, and and this is not me like making like a, a, a breaking news or you know a podcast says something outlandish, but I, when I met uh when I met Jerry Lawler at the at the Outbreak show, um, we walked up in line and we're talking to him, and I mean. You looked around the room at an outbreak show at that point in time in that part of Pennsylvania. It's a very, let's say, very white crowd. <laughs> um, so I think Jerry was feeling comfortable, and he was talking to white kids. And uh, he said some stuff that I wasn't a huge fan of. Like he, like he was kind of putting down colleagues and saying some stuff like, "Yeah, it sucks that WWE doesn't put good people behind the table, and they have to put a black guy back there." And I was like, "Yikes, Jerry! Uh, I'm gonna get going." Yeah, thanks. You know Oops. what I mean? Uh, and I, I, it kind of like it bummed me out a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm not accusing Jerry of being racist, but some things he said were like, they were borderline. They were, they, they weren't. I, it made me a little uncomfortable. But uh, and the other other guy that I like, I met, and I was a fan going in, but I think I was like one of the only ones petitioning for this guy. And then everyone kind of met him that night, and they're like, you know what? I think you were kind of right on him. Was uh, was Enzo? Enzo was at a PPW show, and uh, everyone was yeah. shitting on Enzo, and he literally. Now he and it was Enzo, Rhino, Devon Dudley, and there was somebody else big there. I think Frank Mir and Austin Aries or something like that. And 
Enzo had the biggest line, and he made sure he gave everyone their just due and had a conversation with everybody, hung out with them. This He was the nicest dude I ever met. Dude, so last summer, Enzo came down with Crime Time and Kelly Kelly to ACW, James Ellsworth's promotion. Yeah. I've been working for him for almost a year now, and it's been nothing but good. And meeting Enzo, you know, you walk in, you're like, I don't know what I, I don't know what to expect with this guy because you know everything that they say on the internet about him, blah 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 blah. Well, I went in there, shook his hands, says, "Hey, what's up?" I happened to walk in on a conversation, and he was giving advice. I sat there, soaked it in, and I stopped him afterwards. Said, "I shook his hands, like, hey, brother, I appreciate what you said, and I loved it." And he goes, he looks me up and down, and goes, "Brother, I don't know your deal, but I fucking believe it." Yeah. That's all he said. He said, look, he eyeballed me up and down. He looked at me because I, I was in my full gear. I was ready to go do my match. I was like, hey, you mind to give you a card? We can connect, whatever. He's like, yo, whatever your deal is, I fucking believe it. I see this shit. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel incredible. I was yeah. like, after hearing, after hearing what he was preaching, I was like, all right, this dude just gets bad rap. I think that's all that was with him because Enzo is actually a solid dude. He was cool as fuck. It was, it was at the same Crime night that he was he was putting over um right when we seen him is right when Cass had his like his his second breakdown, and he had when he yeah was like right he had after to, that yeah he couldn't make a he couldn't make a show like Cass was uh, they were supposed to do a tag deal but Cass couldn't make it so Enzo came out and did like a speech early in the show mm-hmm. and he totally he totally put it over it's like you know people with problems look out for this stuff. Yeah, and he he put Cass over, and he looked out in full support. Seriously, Enzo is a stand up dude, and I'll I'll actually go to bat for that guy. He's he was super cool to me. Yeah, yeah that that was the same line too. Where I was talking to Devon, and I said to him, I said, "Hey man," because he has two sons in the tag division, and I said, "When are we going to start seeing your son soon?" He's like, I think he said something about they're going to Japan to work for a little bit, and then they'll possibly make it their debut in NXT. And I said, cool. cool. I was like, and this is when NXT's tag division was on point. Um, and it was like on fire. And I'm like, cool, man. Definitely keep them in NXT because the main roster, especially Raw, doesn't know how to book a tag team. And it didn't click in my head. And then he looked at me and goes, excuse me, son. Do you realize I'm one of the head writers for the for the for for Raw? And I was like, I do now. And he goes, so what do you say about that? I said, I'm sorry, but you're 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 wasting a tag division. And he goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "You have guys like the Revival. You have guys. You have you have amazing tag team divisions." And Braun Strowman goes out there and beats them all up every week. Can you? And I said, "Braun Strowman won the title with an eight-year-old. Can you get some? Like your tag team division is amazing, and you're throwing them away." And he kind of got upset with me. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't blame him." But at the same time, you know, that's that's what happens when you challenge the people in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I was bummed, and and I wasn't like trying to be like that guy where I'm just trying to be edgy and and, because I I respect Devon, man. He's he's the greatest, one of the he's part of the greatest tag team of all time. But as a fan, I was disappointed. Like, you know, I like Braun Strowman, but I don't want him to go out there and squash your entire tag team division by himself. Like, that's not fun either, especially when you have a a lot of talented guys. So, may I coin a phrase from Devon Dudley? Absolutely. Why don't you sit down and shut? The fuck up! <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what he said to me without saying it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So now, uh, 
you're fit you're you know you're, you're finishing up uh schooling and everything like that when did uh you jump from the the shelves of hollywood video to i want to become a wrestler and start training so i've worked a ton of jobs in my life dude i'm i'm manual labor i've done all kinds of stuff dude i've been i'm i'm one of those guys where i'm like jack of all trades master of some yeah i'm not gonna the old trade is master of none but fuck that shit i do all kinds of stuff and i'm actually really good at a lot of things so i got into the music industry when i was like 17 because i've been playing an instrument since i was six years old i started playing music from a young age and took up I actually learned how to play the recorder while I was like visiting Germany when I was like 10 years old. It was kind of neat. And then once I got to about 17, 18, I had my own bands and we were playing out of the garage. And then I did that. I noodled around for a few years. And then uh, I think when I was like 20, I got picked up by my first band. And by the time I turned 21, I was playing out. Excuse me, Jack Daniels. It's been that kind of a day. (laughs) And, um, Hey, this is how the mad one does it, dude. <laughs> and uh, so it was like 21 to 23, I played in a band called Unhinge, and we got signed to a record label and toured the country for a little bit. It was cool. And then I went and played a whole bunch of bands after that. What instrument did you until play? About, I'm a drummer, drummer by trade. Nice. I'm a drummer and a vocalist. and uh, But I, I'm... Equipped to play guitar. I'm equipped to play bass. I play pretty much just about anything. I, that's that's what I've done my whole life. It's just my whole life was music and pro wrestling because I was a fan of pro wrestling, but I professioned in music. Mm-hmm. But then once I hit 30, which is really weird, because once I hit 30, I, my profession in music turned into a profession in pro wrestling. Because I got my degree in electronics engineering. I went to college for about like two years. I got a degree in uh, electronics. And then three months after that, I met a guy at a yard at a, uh, I met a guy at a yard sale trying to fund the uh, local Tidewater Comic Con. And he ha- owned a school in Virginia. And he owned a promotion and said, hey, come check it out. And that's what I did. And I stayed. And I stayed for quite a while. And I did everything I had to do to uh, get through and make it. Injuries, illnesses, all the stuff. And I got there. And then that school got sold off to a gym in Yorktown, which was cool. And then I got picked up by um, former NWA champ, uh, national champion Damian Wayne. And he took me and my tag partner under his wings and then that's where I really took off. Damian Wayne, Damian not, took... Bat- not Batman's son. Um, the other Damian Wayne. <laughs> no, no, trust me. I give Wayne shit about that. It's like, you're not Batman's son, are you? Because he's like, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> Ar- arguably no, but, arguably um, one of the best Robins. But that... No, he was because he did not He did not care. He went in there and just tore shit up. Yep. That's the thing about... No, that was the thing about Damien, like, as opposed to like all the other Robins. Yeah, I'll have this conversation with you. He doesn't <laughs> care because he's a ruthless killer. He was trained to be a ruthless killer. Yep. He did everything that Batman couldn't be mm-hmm. because he was trained to, and Batman just didn't have the balls to commit. Yep. Yep. Well, for the people who are listening, Damien Wayne is the son of Batman and Talia Ghoul. 
So he was ra- uh, raised by the uh, the um, League of League of Assassins, and then was dumped in br- pretty much Batman's doorstep like a uh, like a puppy. And then he had to train him to become Robin. And there's a whole it's a whole comic book line. It's a very very good series. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Damien was a complete asshole to Batman the whole friggin' time. Yep. And Damien was out there killing people. <laughs> well, they made an anime, Wayne. They made an anime. I think the son of Batman, right? Yep. Yeah. Sure did. Which, by the way, DC's um, animated features are way better than their live features, hands down. I I, like, I, I agree, I see- but I, I want the Snyder. I can't wait for the Snyder cut. I hope we get that universe back. Dude, what if it sucks just as much as the original cut? I, 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 it can't be. It can't. It can't suck. I don't want it to. It totally can. <laughs> there's, there's a chance it will. It's, there's a chance it's going to suck. Maybe. I still want to see it, though. I'm gonna watch it too, but I still think it's gonna be a piece of shit, which is gonna be fine. Yeah, maybe I should go There's into a lot it. Of... Maybe I should go into it thinking it's gonna be a piece of shit, so I don't have the super high hopes. You know, you know, my uh, philosophy on a whole lot of things is in life: if you have low expectations, you'll never be disappointed. Yeah, that's how I go into a lot of horror movies, and I, I watch horror movies. And people are like, "That movie sucked." I'm like, "That movie was awesome." And they're like, "What did you watch?" I'm like. I don't set my bar high in horror movies. I I because I I go into it like I like B rated. I like them cheesy. I like them corny. That's like the ones I like. So if I get something yeah. that, like I don't know, so I go I go I go into them. If there's if there's a point in time in the movie at all where I'm like, if I was a part of that, I would be fucking scared shitless. And I think that's how you should go into a horror movie. Not like a lot of people watch it and they put their testosterone up and like I would fucking I would that would never happen to me. That's not scary. No, nah, fuck that. Somebody's gonna come chasing me with a goddamn chainsaw. Yeah, I'm gonna run away until I find something that I can hit him with. Yeah, after I fucking got- shit myself. Yeah, I'm gonna shit myself like two <laughs> or three times, but then I'm gonna run away and then go find something I can hit him with even bigger and totally take over. It's all about finding that reversal, man. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna put us on. A, I'm gonna put us on a downward spiral quick. I just watched this movie called Midsummer. Did you see that one yet? I refuse to watch it because it looks like a piece of crap. Dude, I watched. It was so, fucking so awesome. I, I watched, dude, so I watched Hereditary, and all right, I'm totally gonna put myself out there. I don't give a shit. So I watched Hereditary. I went to go meet some friends to go watch it in the theater, mm-hmm. but I went and got drunk at a bar before I went because I was friends with the people running it and they were like oh mad max free drinks hi <laughs> and i drank a lot of them and i showed up like 20 minutes into the movie and then i sat down made a scene and then i wasn't in my seat like 40 minutes and i look and then once that you know the scene where yeah and yeah i was like i'm out of here this is too heavy where i'm my emotions are at right yeah. now fuck this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I walked right the fuck. I walked right the fuck out and left. But then I did watch it like a year later, and I was like, "This movie still sucks." <laughs> <laughs> you should give you should give Midsummer a shot for not having a monster or anything like that. I I thought it was good, man. It was really like uh, pagany, witchy. It was it was kind of creepy. I don't know. It, See, I, thought, I, like, I thought it was I dope. Like pa- I like pagans, dude. I'm like friends with so many. I- I actually kind of grew up around a lot of pagans, so I mean, it is what it is. We're not going to talk about religion, but, uh, you know, it does kind of tie in. It does kind of tie into some things, but I do. I'll give it a shot as long as I don't have to pay extra for it because I own a lot of streaming services. I don't have to, like. It's free on it if you have anything. Amazon Prime. Okay, I'll totally watch it then. It, but I want I want the director's cut. I want the producer's cut. Oh, yeah? 
I, if it, if I, I feel like the one on Amazon did not I let. Always, I, I always want the producer's cut. I want to see what the fuck, how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I want to see how it's supposed to be. Because Suppo- if the producer and the director are like, yo, this movie, if the marketing says this movie's screwed up and it's like, eh. But then the producer and the director go into interviews and be like, yo, this is how I saw it. And you're like, bruh. Let me see that one. Yep. Like like you're talking about the Snyder Justice Cut. League. Yep. Snyder Cut. Suppos- That's with supposedly this is gonna this is gonna set the bar for possibly developers and studios to not to give directors and producers more freedom in their movies and not make them cut stuff out because nine times out of ten people won't buy the DVD right away because they know in two or three years they're gonna, the same DVD is gonna come out with the director's cut and a the, uh, theatrical cut and everybody wants to see the director's cut more so it's just to the point where like why don't you just give people what they want the first time so the big one the big one I'm pretty sure not everybody's gonna agree with me but I really don't give a fuck the big one is um, Evil Dead yeah uh, Feliz Alvarez his cut so we still haven't got the that remi- the remake if- yeah that's my point yeah the remake of Evil Dead was awesome but there's supposed to be like 45 minutes of shit that we ain't seen. And that movie was gnarly. Yeah. Okay. So can I tell this? Can I please tell this story? Absolutely. You're talking evil. If it's uh, still evil dead, I'm on board. Cause I fucking love evil. Uh, dead. It's, it's, it's so evil dead. That's my <laughs> jam. I've got, I, I've got, I've got the, uh, I got Necronomicon socks from, uh, uh, one of the horror websites. I, I have can't a, plug I have them, a book. So I have a custom book that was me, turned. So I'm not going to plug them. I have a custom book that? that was a cigar box that was turned into the turned into the book. Oh, that's sick! And it's made with uh, so, latex, so it actually feels like skin. Oh, uh, that's incredible! That's <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, it's well, awesome. I love it. Yeah, I, I love the weird shit. So I took a good pal of mine who I thought was as twisted as me to go see this movie, and you know, it, like if you've seen the original Evil Dead. A little backstory. The first Evil Dead is what the studio wanted. The mm-hmm. second Evil Dead, um, the guy who made it, Sam Raimi, Sam he Raimi. was like, yo, I- I'm going to make it the way I want to. This is how it's originally supposed to be made. And named so it Part 2, which do. was fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which Part 2 was actually a remake of Part 1. Yeah, I loved it. it was like, <laughs> oh, dude, like number Part 1, Part 2 is way better than Part 1. And, yep. I, tell, and I tell it to everybody. So... When they went ahead and made the uh, the new one, the uh, you know scene where the chick gets uh, you know very whited by the uh, plants. Yep. So I actually had Marvin Gaye queued up on a soundboard on my phone, <laughs> knowing this. Yeah. I knew this was coming. I'm. I'm such a jerk to go to movies with, dude. I farted during the quiet scene in House of a Thousand Corpses. It was incredible. I had like 20 people. I had 20 people laughing in this motherfucker. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's all dramatic as shit, and all of a sudden, there's like 15, 20 seconds of silence. I farted like eight, ten seconds in. <laughs> And that was my second. That was my second viewing in theater. <laughs> you held that fart so, in for that scene. It'd be funny if you. If you 
if you farted, I totally did. If you farted, it went whoops, and then got up and left. Like you have to go wipe. (laughs) No, well, I brought my best friend with me because I was like, "Yo, you gotta go watch this movie with me." It actually ruled, and blah blah blah. And then we go and we do the thing, and then it's like, and then he's got the gun to the cop's head, and then like I can't, I I can't like five or ten. I counted like five or ten. I just went, (laughs) and the whole place started roaring. (laughs) Yeah, every time I watch that movie now, because my that's one of my favorite movie, my my wife's favorite movie series. Um, Yeah, which is real quick. If there's young people watching, maybe hit the thirty second button. You know how how strange it is when you have a Halloween party that your wife wants to throw, but then doesn't want to partake in because she'd rather sit in the couch and watch horror movies. Like my wife's version of yeah, we're all playing beer pong in the kitchen, and my wife was watching horror movies and not partaking at all. But you know how uncomfortable it is when people walk in a house and their first scene they walk into is a guy molesting a girl with a pistol. (laughs) Like like it was. Oh, that's incredible! I love it. (laughs) And my wife's just sitting there like. Kid in the candy store. Were you watching the Texas Chainsaw remake when she pulled it out of her and shot her brains out? No. (laughs) She's seen it, but no, that's not what was on TV. Can you get the Necrocom book real quick? I'll show him on the camera. Um, Okay, so let me go go ahead and finish my story real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm I'm towards the end. So it's a scene where the the vines and the plants make love to the woman in the middle of the uh, Evil Dead remake. And um, I had the soundboard on my phone and it just happened to have Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. And there's like maybe 20 people in the theater, just like with the House of Thousand Corps when I farted during the uh, dramatic <laughs> moment. I'm such a bastard. I don't give a shit. I think it's funny. And apparently other people did too. But not nobody enjoyed this one. So when the oh that's cool yeah it's so a, it's when a, the uh when the vines went between her legs and started entering the woman doing all this stuff that's pretty cool when uh yeah when they started like doing the deal i cranked up marvin Gaye and said because i feel it fine, baby <laughs> yeah my they- friend was my friend was mortified. He was, he was mortified. He looked at me, and goes, and I, and I thought he was as twisted as me. Apparently, I found out how twisted he's not. He looked at me, and goes, bro, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, how are you not appreciating this right now? I would have high fived you. <laughs> Adam and funny. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> I uh, when I, when we when that movie tra- the trailer came out for that movie, I remember so just watching like so there was so much more to the basement scene that they didn't show, or like when she was talking through the basement door, and it was just so creepy. And then the movie came out, and and they like it seemed like they all that wasn't they didn't show any of that. And then I remember watching trailers. Like I remember when the movie was about to premiere, and the director was like, "Man, if the, the theatrical cut is awesome. You're gonna you're gonna love it." But I can't wait to release the director's cut. So I remember it released on DVD, and I was like, "Man, I can't wait for the director's cut. I hope it sells with it." And it never came out. And I was like, "Man, I want to fucking see that version of the movie." You and me both, dude, because it's supposed to be super incredible. Because there's so much stuff they cut out of that thing that just did not get in there. Because they had actually had to go to the MPAA like like three or four times before they got that thing right. Wow. Yeah, and didn't didn't it set the record at, at that point in time for the most blood used in a horror movie because of the raining blood scene? Until it 
part two when um excuse me when i'm not gonna i just watched it like a couple weeks ago i'm not gonna spoil anything for anybody because i'm it took me like a year to watch the thing the bathroom but there was a there was a yeah the bath no it wasn't the bathroom scene there was like yeah it was bathroom scene yeah yeah that was supposed to be like the bloodiest scene in a horror movie like ever really hmm yeah I mean, like the most gallons of bloods, like the most gallons of blood used, like ever. That's interesting. I, I, you know what? Watching that scene, I think maybe because it's just in such a small, tight, conformed space, I wouldn't have thought it used that much. But like, I know for the longest time, it used to be Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, are you still there? It's saying connecting on my end. Can you hear me? Uh oh. Come on, internet. I'm going to turn this down real quick just so it's not beeping. Are you there? Yeah, I can, all right. sorry about that. That's all right. My uh, computer got unplugged. Oh. Wow, you have a big Captain Spaulding thing. I love it. But, uh, but yeah, so the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was the, was the scene for a while where when Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed. That was a... That was the record holder for a bit there. And then I guess then Evil Dead and then I guess now It, which is interesting. Oh, dude. It... Dude, surprisingly, it part two was like super incredible. Yeah, because in the original one, part two was the worst part. <laughs> the, when they turned into adults, oh, it was, dude, it totally was. It was but, horrible. But the thing was, it really, it really bummed me out because uh, there was um, there was supposed to be the giant turtle, and they did not show that. What's that? Well, because, like, if you read the book for It, there was supposed to be, like, some giant turtle that actually, like, caused, like, a problem for Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, they cut the turtle out, and the, uh, they cut a lot of the, uh, child rape and gangbang out, which is, I'm cool with, I guess. (laughs) No, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I'd rather they not do that. Yeah. Because I think the bully in the book, he... The you know how the it's the bully and then the one kid who's part of the bully gang, but they they kind of they kind of pick on him. I think I think he molests him in the in the book. Like he the bully kid like rapes him or something, which is so is a kind of deranged. Um, yeah, yeah but that was that was the thing about Stephen King though is they did like a bunch of like really weird shit with him. Yeah. So yeah, so um, trying to think where we left off here because we we took so many twists and turns. <laughs> this is the this is the wrestling movie you, talk. Mad Max interview, dude. We talk about all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're in. We're, we the last thing we left off is uh, you you went to training and you've been there a long time. So you kind of you kind of stayed where you uh, where you started for a while and you kind of established there. Where did uh, the the Mad Max um, Morrison come from? So funny enough, I told you I was a music guy. Yep. So that. Yep. So when I was in about 10th grade, I started in marching band for my first year. And I had long hair. I was just embracing metal, doing all this stuff. And I was doing the percussion. And I had me a bass drum. And there was this one part where I had, where we just like broke it down and grooved it. All right. Mm -hmm. So we broke it down and grooved it. And Max, with his long hair and... And that Slipknot was one of my favorite bands at the time. And they had all them extra percussion players. So I was like, all right, then I'm totally going to do this if I have the opportunity. So Max decided that he was going to bang his head 
and uh, yeah. So this is probably a first, but I just peed into two different bottles while we were talking, man. So that's awesome. <laughs> that, that's a that's a podcast first. I've never I've never had someone pee in a bottle on the podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, I had to take a leak in the middle of the podcast, so I just did it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna pull. Uh, I'm gonna try to get you back on my computer, get you off my phone. But yeah, I was in tenth grade. I was in the marching band, and um, things were cool. And um, I had I had this one part, and I just started slamming the bass drum, hitting that motherfucker hard, and slamming my hair around, and. Um, Everybody looked at me and goes, yo, this is kind of incredible. Um, That's from now on. I think I'm losing you. It's beeping again at me. Are you there? Yep, I hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, there it is. I can hear you. you there? Yep. All right, cool. We're doing all the technology right now. <laughs> yeah. This is a roller coaster. All, I told you it's a roller coaster. This is what <laughs> you deal with when you deal with the mad one. It just happens. <laughs> but yeah, I was in tenth grade. I was in marching band. I did the drum line. I had long hair. We had this one groove section. I banged it out. And even the drum line and the band director time looks at me and goes, Holy shit. Dude, you are grooving. What the hell? And then eventually I get the name Maximus because they said, dude, you just take everything like a hundred percent. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. And so ever since 10th grade, everybody's known me as Max for short. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell everybody my real name. If you know it, you know it. If you know, you know, but, and then I took a year off and I went and did Mark. I did uh March and man were actually marched and, um, my senior year and then everybody and then i went and actually stayed i was one of those guys where i stayed late like i didn't have my shit together i had all these different problems all this kind of different stuff and i stayed late and i made sure i knew my stuff and all this other stuff and like all the directors and all the different guys come up to me and be like yo what is going on and be like i'm fucking up i gotta make it good well all those nights of me staying late and doing that got us second in drums that year. Nice. So your hard work paid off. Yeah. Yeah, it paid off. And then we had a good time. And so when I finally, so after high school passed and marching band passed, I got into my actual music career and I didn't feel like going by my real name. So I was like, all right, I'll be Max. I'm Max Morrison. And I did that for a good long time. I did that for about 16 years. I did probably about six years of original music, six or seven years of original music. And I did about eight to 10 years of cover tunes Mm -hmm. where I was getting a paycheck for it and just playing drums, Mm -hmm. playing drums and singing. And then when I finally got into uh, wrestling, I was like, well, I need a name. And they're like, well, what do you got? Well, I used to play in a band called Mad Hatter for like two years and it was two days. That's where the mad comes from. It's because I used to play in a band called Mad Hatter with two Ds. Mm-hmm. For and we drank a lot. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> so Mad Hatter was probably some of the most 
progressive music I've ever played. It was probably some of the most progressive people I've ever worked with. And it was probably some of the most progressive partying I've ever done in my life. That is where I learned to love Jack Daniels. Yeah, me and Jack, me and Jack, we can't hang out anymore. My wife doesn't like when we hang out. Uh, me and Jack used to be bitter enemies, but ever since Matt Hatter, we've been best friends. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did that, and we did a whole bunch of stuff. I did that for two years. And um, when I finally got into wrestling and started going to training, they were like, well, you need a name. I'm like, well, Max Morrison. And they were like, eh, it's kind of cool, but what else can you do? I was like, Mad Max. They're like, why? And I told them why. I was like, dude, I play in a fucking band called Mad Max or uh, Mad Hatter. I'm I'm crazy. And then, <laughs> but you know how it always starts where it's like everybody in wrestling is like, yo, I want to be the crazy guy. Yeah. But it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. So some I did a seminar like a year ago with Mike Quackenbush, and he told me it's like the crazy guy doesn't always work. You have to have more depth to it. And I was like, you know what? You actually make a lot of sense. Your track record speaks for yourself, sir. Um Jakara. Yeah, that was me being sarc. Yeah, that was me being like giving props and being sarcastic at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but once I talked to him and I actually like picked his brain a little, it was like, so I have this Mad Max. He's not the movie because, truthfully, I didn't see the movies until maybe like a few years ago. Wow. So I, really, I really didn't give a fuck. But I talked to Quack, and he was like, "Yo, so what are you?" Well. Matt, it was because of Quackenbush I came up with my, my backstory. So Mad Max is the product of being in the music industry too long and party too hard, and everybody kicked him out, and he said, fuck this, and got into pro wrestling where everybody accepts him because he's crazy. Mm-hmm. When did the headbutting, like the hard head thing, come about? Um, Probably instantaneously. Because I've been doing that for years. It's kind of like a family tradition. That's kind of how we get out of situations. Did you use your head? Funny enough. You put your head down and run? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, It's really weird, dude. Like, like, apparently my grandmother did that to my grandfather like years ago. And I was like, yo, really? Let me try this real quick. And I tried it on a bully one time and then laid him out. And I was like, yo, I think I have something here. Have you ever Have you ever <laughs> gone headbutt for headbutt with a Samoan yet? Not with a Samoan, but I did with a black dude one time, and he, dude, I have a souvenir from it. It's, I have this like dent in my eyebrow, and you can totally see it. And I don't know if the match is on YouTube. It was like, it was me and my partner Rock at the time from Noise Pollution. It was Noise Pollution versus Bacon and Eggs. It was Ace Montana and Pork Chop Johnson. And um, Pork Chop Johnson is a great name. <laughs> oh, dude, Pork Chop. Porkchop's a sweetheart, but that dude's a motherfucker in the ring, dude. He is, like, seriously the son of the junkyard dog. (laughs) And I've been in the ring with him, like, two, three times, and I've got a hard head, but that dude's got a hard head, too. And when they meet, it sounds disgusting. It sounds like when two pumpkins, like, smash together. It sounds what a smashing pumpkin should be. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's fucking disgusting. So we're putting our titles up at UCW like about a year or two ago, and against Bacon and Eggs, and me and me and Pork Chop go head for head, and we went for the double head, and he cracked me one good one. 
I got this dent in my eyebrow, blood pouring out my nose, rock finished the match. I went to the back and I was like, God damn it, what the fuck? But the cool thing is I had this cool photo afterwards because I looked like Kratos from uh, God of War. Because you got the blood, the, the crimson mask? With the big friggin' beard just covered. <laughs> now, you kind of alluded to the next question here. Uh, when it comes to your career and, and some gold, what are what are some uh, some promotions that, that that put some titles on you, and what are some accomplishments you have in that department? So, um, as far as titles go, I've got um, – I, I don't have too many. I haven't done too many, but that's fine. I have a pretty large body of work. Mm-hmm. I've – um, I've been, I was part of the inaugural tag team for ultimate championship wrestling in Alexandria, Virginia held that for about a year. I was, uh, one half of the tag team champions at shockwave wrestling entertainment in, uh, New Bern, North Carolina did that for a little while. Let me grab this real quick so you can see it. I am still currently and looking to defend my eclipse legacy championship it's a nice belt from altoona pennsylvania it's a great belt love this thing i'd like to trade it in for uh, something a little heavier if you can count if you can catch my drift yeah and that's for what promotion uh, le- legend uh, legendary or legacy no, that's for uh, eclipse 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 okay eclipse wrestling in altoona pennsylvania and uh, I come July, I'll have been champion a year. Oh wow, cool, cool. Now, uh, one of the things I, I don't want to uh, championships. Obviously, you know the the certain fans are like, oh, what championships? But not every not every time. What are someone, you talking about? It fucking means something. It it does mean something. But some people think that's if you don't. It's like football. If you don't win the championship, you you're not you're not. You ain't shit, they say. But I disagree because like guys like Piper, the Million Dollar Man, never held a title, but they're forever in your hearts as some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. You're a liar because uh, Piper was the Intercontinental Champion and WCW Champion, and uh, well, he never Ed had the World Biasi Championship. Was, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Ted exactly. Also, Ted, Ted DiBiase was also a tag team champion and held the Million Dollar Championship. So uh, yeah, he never lost that. Previous, <laughs> your previous statement is invalid, sir. <laughs> yeah, he never lost that million dollar championship. He was, <laughs> he was. That's like the twenty four seven. He no, just never he lost did. it. He did. He gave it to Steve Austin when he was the ringmaster. Yeah, yeah, but never lost it. He gave it to somebody. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, I missed the million dollar man. Oh my god. That one, I I still remember that video where he had the the kid come in the ring and said, "You can't dribble this basketball six times, and if you do, I'll give you a thousand dollars." And the kid dribbled it five times, and it was when it hit the ground to come up for the six, he kicked it out of his hands. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that kid like uh, the whole damn show? It might it might have been, yeah. It's one of the fan. <laughs> it's one of the funniest clips ever. I love it. Oh my god, I love. I'm a heel guy, man. I love heel wrestlers. They crack me up. Um, so yeah, um, what was, what was some of the, uh, the last things you were doing right before this whole COVID broke out? You said you had a lot of bookings and some promotions you were working with. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a lot of things in the books and they all kind of went to shit, but that's, that's perfectly fine that because it gives everybody a chance to like reevaluate. And the thing I kind of looking forward to is I'm going to catch heat, but I kind of don't give a fuck is that. Um, there's going to be people that are going to be weeded out of this business that really don't need to be here. Yeah. 
and that's and that's cool because it's gonna give guys like me and many of other people that like are really working for this thing to shine because i've i've been working at this thing for going on five years man i'm going on my i'm going i'm on my fifth year i've done a lot of stuff and i feel i'm in my prime i've got my shit together and that's what I'm trying to do is go showcase that to everywhere that I could possibly do. And luckily for me, like since this whole COVID thing happened and with me taking time away from the ring, I luckily for the last like two months, I've been able to go like still wrestle or at least for the last month I've been able to still wrestle. I've been, I found a place in Maryland undisclosed that I've been keeping my chops up and, um, doing matches and we're promoting for a couple different companies, but it's all good. Um, There's one Grimm's toy show. I just did my first appearance for Grimm's toy show. It's got like 32,000 views in like a week. So if you ain't seen it, just dude, seriously look up Grimm's toy show. Look me up. I think it's the one where he's like dating Quarantina or some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah. But on YouTube, right? Grimm's, Grimm's toy show. It's, it's on YouTube. You'll see my vest in the picture. I'm facing nose to nose with this big, tall glass of milk. And it's, it's so entertaining. It's, uh, but I'm finding ways to keep active. Dude, I've done like probably like 16 podcasts in the last month. Nice. Podcasting it up. On top of that, I've kind of developed my own where I just go live streaming whenever I'm feeling. It's called Social Disturbancing with Mad Max. I like it. Yeah, just having fun where it's just... If I'm not wrestling, I need some kind of outlet because I like to talk. Yeah. And I love to talk, I love to, talk to people. Even though I'm an asshole half the time, I love to talk to people. And it's just whether it's good or bad, it's just want to get people on just associate and just... just kind of hear some stories and get them out there you know what i mean that's that's why i love doing what i do i, I just I, I talk about things i'm passionate about but then i also get to interact with people and, and have fun conversations about stuff and and learn something you know i think it, I, I recommend it for everybody to be honest it's, it's it's really therapeutic see and i agree with that that's why i'm like super excited that you put the opportunity out for me to like come talk on this thing because i was like dude yo he wants to do this i'm all down it gives me an opportunity to learn, but it also gives me an opportunity to get my voice out there. But it also gives me an opportunity to, like, I don't know, maybe teach something. Because I'm pretty sure I might say something somewhere along the lines that somebody might be able to learn from. Even though I'm, like, mad and crazy, I'm this wild fucking headbanger and all this other stuff. I have a lot of advice and a lot of, like, really good skills and things I would be very willing to pass on if the right person just asked me the right questions yeah um yeah what are what are some promotions that people can catch you at once everything goes back to normal like where where are some of your stomping grounds or some promotions you work at a lot so here's a beautiful thing i have this uh thanks to this beautiful thing we call the internet thanks to al gore I'm not going to thank Al Gore for anything he's ever done except for, you know, inventing the internet. Actually, I think Butch Reed invented the internet, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But I have a website called www.madmaxmorrison.com, two D's, two X's. And there's a widget. Well, it all depends if you're looking at the phone screen or the desktop screen. If you look at if you're on the phone, look at the bottom. I have a list of companies I work for. 
There's at least like 12 of them. If you look on the desktop, it's on the side. Honestly, hey guys, hey, hey, insider tip. It looks way sweeter if you look on the desktop. It looks way fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's even a background picture. Like I'm telling you, like it sucks on the t- it sucks on the phone. Just look on a computer. You're gonna love it. I yeah. promise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- no, I work for Ultimate Championship Wrestling in Alexandria, Virginia. I work for Vanguard Championship Wrestling in Norfolk. I work for Outbreak wherever in Pennsylvania. I work for Eclipse. I'm one of their champions in Altoona, Pennsylvania. I started doing a whole bunch of stuff for like two, three companies out in West Virginia. I've got Next Evolution Wrestling in North Carolina I work for. I've got um, Shockwave in... Oh, here's the thing. I just put it... Yo, I'm totally going to break the news. I just put a challenge out that hasn't been released yet because uh, the promoter's slow as fuck. I put a challenge out for a, the AIWF East Coast Championship. I don't give a crap who he is. I honestly don't even know who he is. But you want His it. name is Vinny Vane. His name is Vinny Vane. Vinny Vane. I've looked this guy up on the internet and I didn't find shit. It kind of bums me out because I was like, man, I was hoping for a bigger challenge. But <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Please surprise me. Vinny Vane, please surprise me because I'm coming for you and your East Coast Championship for the AIWF. I made my name on the East Coast. I plan on being the king of the East Coast. You best bring your best fight. Cause I'm a fuck you up. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. We got our, our, our call out on this show. I'm digging it. We're getting a lot of firsts today. Calls, call outs, and bottle peas, and it's it's it's, it's been a <laughs> it's been fantastic. Um, and then we'll 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 get close to the the the, the wrap up point here. I don't want to keep you all night, but uh, we're I, I, another section I like to do is I like to put people not just promotions over, but some people. So who are some people that you worked with that were a pleasure to work with, or you're a big fan of? And who are some people that you think are that? Who are some up and coming guys that you want maybe want to work with, or you think that people should keep an eye on? Okay, cool. If you have a few minutes, right? yeah, hundred percent. All right, cool. Because I'm gonna put so many people over. <laughs> <laughs> Call me a bridge, Jesus Christ. Um, all right, as far as like people that you need to be watching out for, I'm going to go for the old schoolers. You need to be looking out for Damian Wayne, the mid-length badass. That dude has been going for 15 years strong, and he's like probably one of the toughest nails for nails, pound for pound motherfuckers you can put up against anybody in any promotion. That dude is never going to disappoint you. I'm also going to put up the platinum icon, Phil Brown, that's my uncle. I love him to death. Dude, Phil should be way bigger than he is. I don't mean physically. I mean on the wrestling scale monumentally because he is an incredible feat to watch. And I've had so many good matches with Phil Brown, and I want some more. Like, I fiend for Phil Brown. Some more people you need to watch out for. You need to watch out for the Jordy Bulldogs from – uh Newcastle, England. 
they're an incredible tag team. They're in the twilight, but they can still go. You need to look out for simply Safish, Wes. Uh, you need to look out for Wes and, and Live at the Clown. You need to look out for uh, Born to Wrestle. You need to look out for the real life freaks, Joe King and Demented Bradley. You need to be looking out for the Pain Train, Preston Quinn. You need to be looking out for motherfucking C.W. Anderson. C.W. has given me some solid advice. That dude is... Can I, can I tell a story? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're sitting in the locker room at this one promotion, and he's got this big wrestling belt in his bag, and I go, C.W., because this is like one of the first times I actually get to sit in a locker room and actually like, it's just me and C-Dub. Because I'm an ECW mark. And I can finally get to sit with this motherfucker and I get to talk to him. And he goes, hey, what's going He goes, hi, what's going on, Max? He's, he's so Southern. I love that dude so much. And he goes, hey, so, um, yo, that's a pretty sweet belt you got. So what story? And I goes, man. C-Dub tells me this. He goes, this thing's so goddamn heavy. If I didn't have a stiffy right now, man, I wouldn't be able to hold this thing up on my waist. <laughs> I like it. I was like, I said, for real? He goes, for real. I was like, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I have to say, too, I had not... I've had chances to wrestle with uh, Ruckus and Blackout. I love those dudes to death. James Ellsworth has been a wealth of knowledge. Love him to death. A lot of people shit on him, but dude, he's way cooler than you think. We I had a um, I had Matt Turner on, and Matt Turner's a big. He's very high in James as well. And um, I asked him. I said, "Well, you know, a lot of the he gets a lot of heat because of the whole um, Snapchat. I guess you would say debate." The, and, can, and, and he can, said, "Can I talk?" Yeah, you got Can but, I talk about that for a second? But Matt said from from personal experience as someone who has a daughter and is uh, you know 100% protective of his daughter, um he he's almost 100% convinced from having conversations with James that it it's not true. Dude, me having been around so many people younger than me and all this other stuff, however you take that whatever. I'm not romantically linked to people younger than me because I like the older bunch. I like cougars. Sorry. <laughs> and um but no, having talked to James and talked to people around James, no, I a hundred percent believe him and I feel like his story is legit. Dude, that girl didn't tell she left details out, so whatever. Yeah. That's not so much on him. It's it's insane because like I know there's a story going on a little bit right now that I'm kind of torn on. I I don't I don't defend what was said at all. Um, I'm not a fan of what was said, but also like for to go back ten years on someone's Twitter and 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 pull up something and then trying to hold him accountable Ooh. for it. Um, it's it's a guy that works up in this area that Clutch Adams. He was part. He just he was a PPW and then he uh, he just got released from AEW. Can I? Sure. Yeah, you could dive into it. James Gunn used to work for Troma years ago, who did Toxic Avenger. Yeah. And all kinds of other tasteless movies. Mm-hmm. 
And probably about 10, 15 years ago, he said some like tasteless bullshit on his Twitter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But James Gunn also went on to do Guardians of the Galaxy and all kinds of other bullshit because yep. he also did the new Suicide Squad that's supposed to come out. And he got rehired by Marvel when they realized they fucked up. Yep. To do the Gar- Guardians new, of the Galaxy. The new one, yep. That's coming 3. out soon. So the moral of my story is if you have a past, it is what it is. Just make good and apologize on it because it's dude there's things you do in your career that may get you ever it may not but when it really comes down to it being a human being you gotta say some you really if you really gotta say some bullshit to get yourself over you should you really need to own that shit and apologize for it and and that's exactly what he did he his he he issued apology but you know it it's it just i don't know i i like I said, I don't condone what was said, but being a white dude who's grew up in a predominantly white area, and when I was 20, 21 years old, I used to, I mean, I never dropped N-bombs or anything like that, because I just think it's silly when, when white guys do that, but, you know, words that can be homophobic, I I used, like, and like the word retarded and stuff, I used to use them all the time, only because I didn't know at a younger age how much power those words had and then because listen some people aren't the same people they were five years ago and some people aren't the same people they were 10 years ago and if you are then you're not evolving as a human and you're not worth your time and not worth much to anyone's time anyway but just to hold so, yeah. so it's just i don't know it's a little it's strange to me can i for a second absolutely this is gonna catch heat i don't give a fuck you realize the term retard is actually a music term for slow down, right? Really? Yeah. No, no, look I, it up. Music I, theory music theory one oh one. The term retard in a music sense means oh, yeah, slow yeah. down. Yeah, you're right. No, I do I do remember hearing that in, yeah. And it was a medical term for a long time too. That's how they Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think where do you think it came from? It's all about how you use it mm-hmm. in context. Yeah. Yeah. As a, it's, that's literally all I have to say about that. That was an education moment. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know, it's strange. But, like, I feel like maybe Ellsworth was part of, I mean, we just talked about Enzo, where, you know, you're at the top of your game, and then people have to try to knock you down a couple pegs, I don't know, for whatever reason it may be. So it's just, I don't know, it's just, I, I, I never... I I never want to say I don't believe somebody if they're a victim of something, but at the same token too, we like you have to be careful because some people use that to their to their advantage and their power too. I like to play the devil's advocate. I want to know both sides of every story because I'm I'm a story I'm a story guy. I just, I want to hear it all. I mean, if it, if it sucks, if it's great, if it's terrible, if it's the best ever. Dude, I want to know it all. I want all the details because that's just how I'm going to base my opinion. I want both sides. Yep. I'm, I'm the same not, way. I'm not biased. I'm, I'm, I feel like an impartial referee where I'm legit like, hey, ring the bell. Whoever fucks up, that's who's losing. Yeah. But I really want you to plead your best case. It's let me know what's going on so I know where I'm looking at. Because mm-hmm. I do want to be able to form my own opinion. I mean, I'm a human. I'm flesh and blood. I have this luscious beard. And I'm not going to judge people based on some bullshit that's out of context that other people are going to damn others for. Because that's not my style. Because I know that 
humans exist humans say shit and they are going to do what they're going to do but at the same time you have to look at it in the context in which they're saying things to really understand exactly the full situation yeah and if, and if you if you're holding somebody accountable for something they did in their past you better well believe you i hope you are the next modern day messiah because if you've never said anything in your entire life that was you were uneducated on the the way it was perceived or you were uneducated on the way that word can hurt somebody or you've never offended somebody then you are the greatest human being i've ever met in my life because i, I as me as a human i know i said some fucked up shit when i was younger i probably said fucked up shit a week ago um but that's part of being a human you 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 say shit you learn from it and you you man up or you know i, I don't know that's not a great term but you man up and you say you know what i fucked up i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that and you grow and you evolve as a person from it i gonna lie i uh dealt with a situation like that today at my uh day job and it uh upset me a whole lot and i don't get upset by a whole lot but this one upset me i had a guy come up to me and goes it, it was a matter of where this guy got put into a situation where it was uh, he he didn't ask for it, but he ended up taking up a job and all this other stuff. And he doesn't care for me all that much for whatever reason or another. And he decided to swing his dick around. And he comes up to me while I have a customer in tow and goes, let me uh, rack your brain and all this other stuff. And I'm like, can you not do this right now? Maybe do this another time. And went as far to expose me, but more so exposed himself mm -hmm. in front of my customer to chase them off. And I'm just like, why and what the fuck? Because that has nothing good to do for anybody or anything. Why do you feel that was okay? Yeah. May or may not have anything to do with that conversation, but I really do feel like I had to get it out. Yeah. Yeah, it just this COVID. It, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This COVID, this COVID thing really makes things hard to talk to people anymore. I ain't gonna lie to you, dude. Like it's, I've got pals that I've been friends with for a long time that I like talk deeply with. That um, sure, the COVID thing, yeah, it got a little strained. But now that we're dealing with the racial stuff, it's it's so much harder to talk to anybody because everybody's just so on edge. It, we're on edge, and I think a lot of people are. Um, I, I and I and I don't I, I don't mean to say this in a term to to offend people, but if you do if you are offended by it, then maybe you should reevaluate. But as humans, we're sheep. We're one hundred percent sheep. We not most people don't look look at both sides of a situation. Most people don't. They think they're right in a situation. They don't like to hear they're wrong, and they. Sometimes they get they jump on the political side too, and it's kind of like being a sports fan. Like, oh, I'm 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 this team's fan, and they can't do no wrong, and you can't tell me anything otherwise, and just replace sports with politics, and uh, we kind of we're kind of blinded by other people's thoughts and opinions, and we just we can't we can't you know say we're wrong, or we can't be willing to be open minded and listen to both sides of the conversation, and then on top of it, you add racial tension, political tension, and you know it's got it's getting hot out again and then we've been locked in the house for almost through two months so it's just like the, the the worst melting pot of all time and it's just super my heart hurts man like my heart hurts for you know 
people of color who, you know, clearly are getting discriminated against. My heart hurts for business owners that are losing their business. My heart hurts for, you know, for people who are just innocent bystanders that are getting caught up and getting hurt and murdered and killed. It, it sucks for everybody. I, I hope, because I'm a very positive person, I hope you know, it's a trial by fire. I hope, you know, once this all calms down and, 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 and breeds, I hope police officers, when they show up on the scene of a crime, or they sh- not even on the scene of a crime, when they have any human interaction, I hope they really consider how they handle that situation because the people have spoken and they're not going to ha- they're not going to take it anymore. I hope people, you know, people who are different races look at each other differently and realize that we're all in this together. And hopefully, you know, they don't have, I, I just hope a lot of it, turns in from a negative to a positive and i hope it's it's time for people to grow regardless of what side your 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 views are on yeah and i really hope so too the problem is a lot of people just are or aren't going to grow and you realize it's like at where we are in life in this society it's going to be one or the other it's like people that are going to go prosper and go upwards or people that are going to be like fuck this and go down yeah and I really hope a lot more people are going to say prosper and go up, but I expect more people to say fuck this and go down. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm not usually one to go on social media and, and remove people or block people, but man, I've been cleaning my friends list out like crazy because I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, when, when you're faced with adversity, and this is like, and and you feel comfortable because you feel you have a lot of people on your side who are you're you're gonna say some possible ignorant racial homophobic shit. I know where you stand now. I don't hate you as a person. I still love you. I hope you grow from this. I hope you get a better understanding at one point in time. But now I know where you stand, and I think I need to distance myself a bit from you. You know what I'm saying? So, it's it's definitely. I think people who are more like minded in positivity are gonna form together, and maybe the people who aren't who who fall behind will just do that, and they'll fall behind. I agree with that. No, I a hundred percent agree with that because there's going to be people out there that have like views and like minds. Yep. And that's what's going to really bond people together. But at the same time, we're going to have people that are ignorant. And I will say that in the most like positive way possible, there's going to be people out there that are ignorant to what exactly is going on right now and what exactly is the issue. And then you're going to need some strong minded individual to be like, this is what's going on. This is the non-biased issue. This is how I can explain it to you from this side and that side so you can gain your own experience. And then that's what I think is what's going to help this nation is when you actually have some unbiased minds that help educate the uneducated that are going to be able to form their own opinions and go which way or the other. Yep. But I think when, I think when you have like the people that know what – the fuck they're talking about they're going to be able to talk to these people and get them to be like hey here is like the prime issue this is what you need to be paying attention to um here's where it's fucked up where do you stand and be like oh man that's i didn't realize that was a deal yeah um yeah let me go ahead and side with the good side yeah here's here's another thing i i would i would like really want people to do as well if you 
have somebody on your friends list that you truly care about? Are there a friend? Are there a family? I'm not talking about strangers on the internet. Don't jump on a post you see from a, web, a news website or a news article and just jump in and just be part of a two thousand a two hundred thousand comment chain because it's it, it just it's just going to be nothing but venom and hate there anyway. Um, but if there's somebody on your friends list who you truly care about and they have you have a different opinion with them. Instead of commenting and just being like, I'm going to waste my time and, and put all this stuff in there, and then you guys are just going to battle comment with one another, and your words, you may not even be angry when you're saying it, but text can be mis- can be misconstrued in different emotions. You can't get emotions out of your out of your text. So I can read something, and depending on how I feel, because I think we have different opinions, that can be ch- viewed in a different aspect. Hit that, even if you have Facebook Messenger, what we're doing right now, where you can physically look each other in the eyes, have those conversations with people. Don't get into a comment battle. Don't get into a a text battle because those words can be really misunderstood and misheard. Make a phone call. Physically talk to the person. Be open-minded to listen to their side as well as the per- on the other side of the phone. Be open-minded to listen to their side. Meet and be willing to meet in the middle and understand one another. Just the the whole idea of just texting and just going over words. You need to have that motion behind it. You need to physically look in their eyes. If, and I know with social distancing, it's hard to do that. But technology nowadays, every phone has a camera. Every f- platform has a a, 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 a a FaceTime service. Just try that. Because I feel like instead of losing a friend over it, have a conversation. So I will 100% agree with him because one thing I like to do when I do podcasts is I like to talk to people. And that's one thing if it's uh, full audio. I don't necessarily agree to it nowadays because I know people take things out of context. That's why I, even if um, you can't see it, I want to make sure I'm looking my host in the eyes and be like, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? Yep. Because I want to be able to I want them to know where I stand. Because I feel body language is super important. You can tell by a person's eyes. Well, you can tell by my eyes. I've drank a lot of Jack Daniels. <laughs> I've had a, I've had a really crummy day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope this Which, I hope this good conversation kind of sparked you up a little bit. Well, between this and the air fried wings I made this evening, dude, my day is my evening is fucking stellar. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you can take anything from this conversation, just look who you're talking to in the eyes. Talk to them. Actually talk to them. Don't just – everybody has their judgments and their opinions. Don't fall on those alone. Actually, like, look somebody in the face and be like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Actually ask the question. Like, actually ask these people. It's like you can take what they're telling you and just be like, oh, okay, whatever. Or you could be like, okay, so what's really going on? Yeah. And then and then when they tell you and they look you dead in the eyes through a video or something, you'd be like, okay, cool, I got, I got it, I believe you. Yeah. So with that, like, I'm I'm, oh, looking, sorry, I'm looking this I'm looking this guy in the eyes right now, and you guys can't see it. I'm like a statue. His eye, his eyes are about as close as mine are. <laughs> and that's just me normal. I have tiny little beady eyes. I don't even have Jack in my system. People, you know, it's funny <laughs> when I started dating my wife, um, she's, she's Asian, but people think she's Hispanic. And we, we, I guess people in her school seen us together at the mall and they're like, yo, Heidi's dating some Asian dude. <laughs> cause people think, cause I have little tiny little eyes. I thought I was Asian. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah, but in in closing, um, what else do you? Anything you want to get out there? Talk about plug. 
I definitely have stuff to plug. Sure, let's do it. So, I have a website, an actual website, not just a social media. That I have looks better website. on desktop. It looks better on desktop. It's <laughs> called madmaxmorrison.com. Two Ds, two Xs. That's super important. Um, Don't put the third X there, in there. You'll get you, something completely different. Dude, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, it, like all the combinations, it's all fucked up. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> there, there is like a gay dancer with a Mad Max Morrison with some combination that's out there. You should collab that's with him. That's why I have to. I want to trust me. I need to get in touch with that guy and just see what's up. I want to do. A, I want to do a <laughs> podcast for my other channel, Interviews Everyday People. I just want to reach out and just type in my name on Instagram or Facebook and find somebody else from around the world with my same name and interview them. I think that'd be hilarious. Oh, dude, that'd be incredible. <laughs> like, I want to get in touch with this dude and be like, "Yo, you into pro wrestling? Let's tag." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Seriously, seriously, you got free marketing. You ain't got to worry about none. That'd be fantastic. Mad Max. Easy marketing. Mad Max with two X's and Mad Max with three X's. <laughs> Easy marketing. Yeah. But um, now you can find me at MadMaxMorrison.com. Two D's, two X's. I got a shop there with all kinds of stuff. I've got a link to my pro wrestling tees because I got a pro wrestling tee store, Mad Max Morrison. Um. In the next month or two, be on the lookout. My movie Death Board is going to be released on DVD and Blu-ray, and I'm going to have those in tow. So there actually is a trailer on YouTube for it right now. It's called Death Board, the official trailer. Look it up. It's incredible. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with it. It's a Ouija board story. Ooh. It's, uh, God, dude, it's a whole lot of fun. There's, like, great actresses in it. There's a lot of boobs. There's a lot of butts. There's a lot of blood, dismemberment. Sold. Sold. Tons of, tons of Mad Max. It's gonna be incredible. Mad Max boobs. Yeah, oh, dude, you got some Mad Max boobs. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, send send all those links over to me, and I'll, I'll I'll definitely have them so people can just click on them. Because people on social media are lazy. If we type, hey, go type in this, they're not gonna ever do it. But if you have a little link that they'll they can click on, it. they'll do it. The hundred percent do it. You gotta make it easier for them. Oh, for sure. I agree with that 100%. So, with that being said, if you go to MadMaxMorrison.com, you can go to, to my com. You can go to my merchandise store. You can go to the widget on the side of my page on my desktop to see all the wrestling promotions that I'm currently working for. And to on desktop to the side of the page where you can see my proud sponsors where I am currently working with uh, fnxfitnesssupplements.com there's a code I'm currently working with builtbystrength.com there's a code I'm currently working with Ray's Energy Drinks this is my brand new one it's a cool logo there is a oh dude it's incredible Dude, these drinks are pretty good, and the the sleepy time stuff actually works. It makes me fall asleep because I'm hard. I'm a hard sleeper. I don't fall asleep where shit because my brain never shuts off. I need to get sponsorships. Um, this, <laughs> this, 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 this stuff at least puts a damper on the switch. Uh, I'm I'm like all for it. Yeah. So yeah, if you go to rep, repsports.com or if you go to madmaxmorrison.com, 
go to the side, press sponsors, go look at Rep Sports, raise energy drinks. Yo, 15% off. Just click on the link, use Mad Max at checkout, get your stuff. Nice. And I will be ordering my a Mad Max. I only have the sticker. I have to get a T-shirt. So I know people, when we do our shows, uh, our normal shows that come out every uh, Friday, we always take pictures in front of our banner with a different shirt on. So I'll definitely have to get my get a Mad Max one and rock it and put some plugs out there for you. Well, there's like four to choose from. So you've got options. And the newest one I just learned about is my uh, Chugs the Deathmatch Engine. Mm-hmm t-shirt which is a, a play on the thomas tank engine and there's actually a skull in his eyeballs nice i'm in i did not know that until today and i've had that thing out for like three weeks nice <laughs> well listen man it was it was absolutely a blast talking to you we we've talked about it all we've talked about horror movies um comic books we we dove into some wrestling uh, there's some in there you can find it it's somewhere in there it's it, some. yeah we we we, we peed in bottles uh, well not we you peed in bottles um <laughs> i peed in like two bottles <laughs> it was a, abs- was a lot of pee <laughs> it was an absolute blast man uh thank you so much for doing this and uh that'll do it for tornado tag podcast we'll see you guys next time we're out